Welcome to the Bold SLP Podcast. We are so happy that you're here and can't wait to share with you all of the amazing conversations we've been having. We are the co-founders of the Bold SLP Collective, and we are also your hosts, Lisa, Desi, and myself, Ingrid. Each of us has a variety of experiences in all things bilingual and bimodal speech-language pathology. You'll get to know us pretty well on here. We started this podcast to share our lived experiences, but also because we want to bring advocacy and cultural humility to the forefront of every speech therapy conversation. We hope that you'll join us each week, and we hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Bold SLP podcast. This is Desi. Lisa and Ingrid are here with me, as well as three guests. So this is our biggest guest group, I think, so far. Uh, With me, there is Nomi, Raylan, and Dr. Santos, who has agreed to let us call her Nina. They're here to tell us about MCMSD, which stands for Minorities in Communication Sciences and Disorders, which is largely an undergraduate organization that they started at the University of Georgia. So... I will let you all introduce yourselves. How about we start with Raylan? Hi, my name is Raylan Watkins. I just recently graduated with my Bachelor's of Science in Education at the University of Georgia. Um, I majored in Communication Sciences and Disorders. I'm going on this fall, this summer and fall, to get my Master's in Speech-Language Pathology at the University of Georgia. I am the founder of MCMSD. I started MCMSD back in September of 2022. Hi, I'm Nomi Dear Garcia. I am going to be a senior this next year at the University of Georgia. I, um, like Raylan, am majoring in communication sciences and disorders. I'm the upcoming president of UGA MCMSD. Um, and I like other than um, multicultural and minority issues in the field, I'm also interested in healthcare reform. Hey everybody, thanks again for having us. I'm Nina Santos. I'm a clinical assistant professor at the University of Georgia. Um, That's a great privilege to have because I get to work with wonderful students like Raylan and Nomi. I teach two of the graduate level courses the voice disorders class and the fluency and fluency disorders class. When I'm not teaching, I'm in the clinic. I'm supervising uh, graduate students who are working uh, with my patient caseload under my licensure. So we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of amazing clients and patients that we see. And um, when I'm not in doing those roles, I'm also researching. So some of my areas of interest are stuttering, dysphagia, articulation. Affirming care is another area that we we touch on and we reach that clientele as well. Um, I was um, able to get safe space trained at our university. Um, and also I have the certificate of diversity, equity, inclusion that UGA offers to professors, faculty, staff, students. So um, one of the things that you know about speech language pathology is uh, what population makes up SLPs. And so part of uh, my role and my passion is to dive deeper into recruiting and retaining um, minority populations in our field. So uh, again, just happy to be here and thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to learn a little bit more about each of you. Um, So I guess I'll start with Raylan. Uh, 
Tell us about MCSD and what makes this group unique. So I guess I'll go back to, to and say what inspired me to start the group. Um, so in my undergraduate cohort, I'm the only black student. So that was kind of like my, like going into the, the program. It's a, a two year, usually two year program uh, at the undergraduate level. And uh, coming into that classroom and coming into that space was like very intimidating, even though I've always gone to PWIs. It was, but it was just especially intimidating knowing that this is the career I'm cho like I'm choosing and these are I'm gonna stick with a lot of these people along the way. Um, so I don't think I really got out of my shell my first year. And I don't know if I truly felt like I belonged there my first year. And I think I just, just tried to make my own like initiative and like go forward and do something that I would have wanted to see before when I was coming into the cohort. So that's what inspired me to start the organization. So I reached out to two other students of color who I hadn't built any relationship with. The program is still very, very not diverse. At least my my cohort that year didn't end up being diverse. I think maybe there's four or five people who might identify as a student of color or someone who's bilingual, but out of the like 76 of us, but I reached out to them and they kind of helped me, like they kind of inspired me, kept me going. And so I reached out to our program director. Um, her name is Laura Nichols and she, I just gave her my idea and she was like, go for it. And she helped me. And we kind of just set up everything from there. Since UGA is such a big school, there's so many resources for starting student organizations. And there's like one person in the College of Education whose like specific job is to help people start organizations. So I got connected with her. And then that's when we kind of like were starting to formulate what we were going to be. And then Dr. Santos and our other advisor, Dominique, she kind of helped like both of them kind of helped me figure out what do we want to do specifically. And actually, I meant to ask you, because uh, I it's a big acronym, MCMSC. Could you tell us what that stands for? It stands for Minorities in Communication Sciences and Disorders. Um, we had a lot of ideas. That one seemed like the most where we would have our students of color know this space is for them instead of like multicultural in the future we might like move towards that but um we chose minorities just because we wanted to make sure that they like understood that this was a space for them like even though we're open to almost everybody and like having a lot of allies that we still wanted to make sure that they knew they were welcome there what the conversation we were having was should this be a safe space or an open space? And we're still, we still kind of have that conversation sometimes. Um, one of my concerns was that just because of the makeup of our program that we wouldn't have enough students of color to make up the e-board and have members and that type of thing. But it seems like the numbers are growing a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be nice to have a space where you're centered, especially when they're, the cohort is just 76 
but then it's just like four students of color. It's, it's so wild. And for, you know, full disclosure, my cohort was similar in makeup. Um, so I was the one Latina, there was one Asian American student and there were two African American students in my cohort, um, out of 26 or so. So better ratio. Um, but there were definitely some missed opportunities, I think, to connect with us culturally. Amongst ourselves, we connected, but I think sometimes in the broader cohort, there were some missed opportunities altogether. So uh, I know that you all have some specific goals that you've outlined for the group, and I'm just wondering if you guys can tell us about those. I can tackle the first goal and maybe, Nomi, you can come in with two and three. So our first goal is to create a supportive community for minority students in CMSD to aid retention and empower them to foster positive changes in speech pathology and audiology. So my thinking was that there's not a lot of support at the undergraduate level for minority students. We talk about a lot about the graduate level and so on, but we all know like there's a systemic issue and you kind of have to go down the line to address where there needs to be changes. So we're kind of just, with our first goal, we're connecting students, first of all, because there's two co cohorts, usually the juniors and seniors. If you're not involved in a lot of organizations, you don't really get to connect with each other, and then you don't get to connect with the graduate students, usually. So we're kind of trying to bring everyone together a little bit in, like, an informal mentorship type of thing, even though, like, I'm the only Black student. I feel like, and there's, like, a few Black students in the junior cohort, but they have me to look at and to get advice from. And then just fostering connections that way. Yeah, I mean, it can definitely be intimidating when you walk into your first day of classes and see that there aren't many students who look like you. And so, you know, I think this first year of us being a club, been working really hard to try to create, um, you know, a supportive community that, you know, really helps foster a culture of belonging. Um, we have two other really big goals um, the next one is engaging in advocacy related to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, so this can be things like having guest speakers come from diverse backgrounds. They, you know, we've had a lot of really great, we've had grad students and clinicians come and they're wonderful. Um, looking forward, like, you know, using MCMSD as a way um, to connect students with faculty and staff to kind of help promote change um, in the current program here at UGA, and also serving as kind of a quote-unquote think tank for nurturing discourse around DEI initiatives. Um, our third goal is to engage in recruitment activities to target diverse populations of young adults to bring um, a new generation of more diverse SLPs and audiologists. This one's really big because when we're thinking about, you know, these issues in our field, you know, we, we feel like we want to see more diversity. It, it starts with who we're bringing in. I um, mean, in a field that's, you know, I think about 92% white, you know, it's not enough to just say, hey, we need to be more culturally responsive. We need to have you know, diverse clinicians. So we try to engage with our community to kind of help bring some more awareness about, you know, speech pathology and audiology as a career. Because if you walk into any of these classrooms and you say, you know, why did you choose to pursue um, communication sciences and disorders? It seems like almost everyone, you know, tracks it back to they either have a family member um, or a family friend, um, or have had some personal experience with an SLP or an audiologist. Um, and, 
you know, I think it's kind of cascading down where, you know, if our current population of clinicians is primarily white, um, we're just bringing in more white clinicians and our, our field has so much room to grow. We want to see more diverse people coming in. So that's our third big goal. And just to brag on them and just to kind of talk a little bit about their bravery and their um, just their drive. And it's been so amazing to watch and be inspired by, but they've hit the ground running immediately after they formed with presenting at the, I'm thinking back to when you presented the Tate Center to all of those students coming through, telling them about your program and telling them about MCMSD and just immediately starting to reach the community. Um, they've also applied, and I'll, I don't want to speak for you, but you've applied to present at ASHA this fall and to talk to other universities and students and um, give them ideas for ways to start these sort of programs in, in, in their home universities. And another thing that we've we've worked on is reaching out to Nishla to uh, consider cords, uh, cords in, in specific colors to represent minority populations too. And you can speak more about that, but immediately uh, Nomi, Ray Lynn and the board just went to work. And so um, it's been, it's been so inspiring and amazing and amazing to watch them really. I have so many thoughts. You guys are so impressive. Um, and I have two feelings going through me. One is a feeling of regret because I should have thought of this when I was in grad school. Raylan, kudos to you. You are awesome. Um, but also a feeling of hope we're going to be okay. I keep, I keep saying that. Like I keep, because I am very involved in mentorship and I keep seeing how much stronger, how much more creative how much you know just you guys are just bold in ways that I feel like my generation was not allowed to be or we didn't dream that we could be and that makes me really hopeful for the future and I just so many thoughts going through my head and I'm so glad that you guys are here that we're talking about you because I knew I see the page and I like the things but just hearing your story um, and just all the work that you're doing makes me really, really happy for the future. And I can't wait for you guys to be my colleagues. Thank you. I want to emphasize that I think as a person, I'm like not outgoing. I'm not extroverted. So that was like taking the step of I, I can actually do something. I can be a leader. And I've never considered myself a leader before this, that encouraging other students of color who kind of feel like they're not natural leaders or that they're not loud enough to be leaders or they're not they don't have that capability that they do and they don't have to do everything on the biggest scale that they can do small things like this just to make their community better and, and speaking of that they mcmsd has plans to go to high schools, right? Think about career day. I remember when I was back in school years ago, we we did not hear of speech pathology. We did not hear of different groups. And so this is going to be so amazing for them to go out into the counties that surround UGA and present to high schools about speech pathology, about being uh, who they are in the field. And so they just, they have amazing plans in the works for lots of um, events that'll be really impactful. 
I'll say this has been such an empowering experience um, to realize that, you know, when you see an issue there, you can do things to change it, you know, don't have to solve every problem in the world, but there are problems that are very close to me. And to have all of the support from everyone at UG, especially, you know, Raylan and Dr. Santos has been, I mean, it, it's just been incredible. You're really speaking to me, Raylan, too, when you said um, that, you know, that you never, you're, you're kind of introverted and you didn't really imagine yourself in this role. I think the same about myself. Um, I didn't imagine myself having a platform. Um, Ingrid and I kind of fed off of each other and we roped in Lisa and we I forced developed her. this podcast. Say again? I forced you to do this. <laughs> you practically <laughs> did. Um, and it's it spiraled into what, you know, what it is right now. And, um, you know, we have a lot of different projects going on. We actually also submitted to present at ASHA in the fall. So maybe we'll even meet, which is really exciting. And another reason we love, um, connecting with people on the podcast, but yeah, leadership is sometimes being the person who says, okay, I, I recognize the gap and I am going to step into it. And it's important for everyone that this happen. And that is really amazing work and really amazing bravery on your part. So honestly, I'm very, I'm still very excited that you guys are here because this is also an amazing um, endeavor that I really wish had existed um, when I was coming through as well. Uh, you guys mentioned on the forum that there is a need to develop a culture of belonging. So can you tell us about the importance of this sense of belonging for minorities uh, specifically, or maybe even for people of color or students who are bilingual or multilingual? I think that obviously feeling welcomed, feeling like you belong in a space is super important. I think all of us are in, um, can probably relate to not feeling that way, not feeling that belonging in a classroom, just simply based on how you look, whether it's in your head or whether it's actually those people thinking about you or not, it's still a very isolating feeling. So that's kind of what inspired me to kind of stop that feeling, not like completely stop it, but have students who may be just like me, who maybe don't have that big group outside of CMSD who they can go to um, and kind of have that within CMSD just so they could see someone that looks like them and also someone who can tell them to like not panic and be inside their head so much because I feel like that was me. I'm just about everything, even like not related to DEI, but just in my head about everything, about grad school, about my program and about everything. Just having someone who can say, it doesn't really matter that much, but yeah, Nomi, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I think like, you know, and even on the grander scale, we get better when we are willing to acknowledge our faults and our shortcomings. Um, and I think it's, a, a lot easier to um, have, a, you know, a little bit of criticism, you know, for yourself and, and your field um, when you feel comfortable voicing it. And it's important that minority students feel comfortable and able to, to speak up because that makes us better as a whole. One thing about our organization, it kind of feels like the space where everyone can come and kind of like talk about our program, like professors, maybe like we have complaints about and just having I think everyone can relate to like having that kind of space where you can just complain and talk about your experiences and 
it'd be kind of that relaxing hangout versus like being in class, that type of thing. So I think that's important for everyone to have like that friendship and that connection where you don't feel like you're going to be judged for maybe um, having this opinion on this professor or having this opinion on the thing this this professor said or how this professor acts or maybe how you feel towards your academics and maybe you feel behind or something like having that group that can support you. The idea of of uh, belonging is like really close to home for me, especially feeling welcomed, you said. And I just very recently was thinking about inclusivity and how much of an active job that is. You know, it's not enough to just smile and say hello and how are you and then turn your back and continue with your life. You you have to create that space for yourself if it's not really there. So it's um it's really great that you've understood how to do that and how to create that space. Barbara Fernandez, I don't know if you know who that is, but that's a speech therapist who um who presented at ASHA last year and uh, many years before that. And she said that you don't need to be a mean girl to be exclusionary. Like, what are you actively doing to be inclusive? So it's not about someone bullying you or or like actively being mean to you. If you are not inclusive and you're just like a whole cohort of people that know each other from way back when and all look the same, and it's easy to be exclusive, not not on purpose, but it takes that active work to include others. And it's hard. It's hard to do. It's it's hard to ask yourself, am I being exclusive? Am I not including my my fellow students of color, peers of color? So yeah, sometimes it just takes building your own table, right? Building your own space and then gathering some allies. I remember walking into like the first day of class and you know, I'm mixed race. I I look white and I mean, I've never, just walking into that room, I, I, I did feel different, even though, you know, I look white, I felt, I did feel out of place. Um, and at no fault to my classmates, I was obviously, you know, no one intended for that to happen. But the reality is there wasn't, you know, a space where you know, I, I didn't know if other people were feeling what I was feeling, you know, if this was, it, it was a very validating experience to get MCMSD together and to have, you know, other students who have had these experiences. And I can say, okay, I'm not crazy, you know, and we're going to do something about it. We're going to support each other and we're going to have these shared experiences. And that was comforting. I think we, um just by making our group, making our faces known in our own co- cohort kind of challenges our other group to think about us in a different way. And I think meeting more people, leading and having my name more out there and talking more to people in my cohort did make me feel like I belonged in that space a lot more. I think as a quiet person and maybe as the only Black student, maybe maybe people were intimidated by that or maybe people didn't feel the need to approach me or anything. I'm not saying that they did, but I think um, I think people started to realize that I was more approachable and that I... um. I had ideas and I was interested in this field just as like, just like they were. And I think it brought me out of my shell and I think it made me connect with my um, white peers more in my cohort. And I think it allowed them to connect with me more. I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, we got connected with the other people in our cohort that we might not have otherwise. Um, And 
you know, I feel like we got a lot of support from our classmates, which was really great. You know, that was definitely a, a validating experience. And um, to have, you know, our white classmates come and say, hey, I'm so glad you guys are doing this. You know, this is a problem I've seen, but, you know, it, it's hard to tackle. And it, it was great to hear that. No one knows how to approach the subject, right? You have to create a space for it. And then people start talking. But other than that, everybody's scared and they're not sure. Um, like I'm coming on to my, I guess it's my 10th year now. And I'm talking to a lot of my cohort. And all of us are now like, you felt that way? I felt that way too. And like, it took us 10 years to have the conversations that, that you're having right now with each other. That's, there's so many more similarities than differences. I was going to say that you guys are taking me back to grad school 12 years ago. Um, and I think what you guys are describing is what I found with Lisa and Desi is a place where you can be your entire self and it's okay. You know, you're still seen as professional. You still are seen as competent. Uh, even if, you know, I text them that I'm falling apart over here. <laughs> I know. And I trust them that they know me and they got me. Uh, and I think that that's what you guys are describing uh, that you're building. And that's so powerful to have because I have grown so much just in the last two years that I've known Desi and Lisa, having them as my support. So I think what you guys are doing is going to just help you and help the ones behind you. Yeah, I think of the things that we've weathered um, among the three of us, you know, different, um, whether it's controversies or different topics that have come up um, in the SLP world, topics relating to diversity, equity, and inclusion, or the lack of DEI. And it's really been wonderful to connect with to other people. So I, I can't, this is why I, I again, I, I keep coming back to how excited I was when I found your page, because there is such a gap um, when there isn't opportunity for people who are minoritized to connect. Um, you know, we are a lot weaker when we're apart, but together, I do think that we can be a lot stronger and have a stronger voice in this field. Uh, so I wanted to ask, what do you all envision for the future of MCSD, especially as you know, you all are eventually going to graduate um, and move on? What do you all see in the future for this group or hope might happen? So this next year, we have a lot of big ideas about how to grow both in membership and also in our kind of involvement. Um, one of the really big um, initiatives we'd love to do next year is increased community engagement, um, especially with, you know, I think high school populations are great um, because they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. So when we're thinking about recruiting, targeting them is, you know, a great place to go. Um, things like uh, going and speaking at career fairs or to other minority student clubs, um, that's a really big thing we would love to do. The future, what we would love to do is kind of work ourselves out of a job. You know, this is a long day down the road, but, you know, if we can say, hey, you know, I don't think we need to be worried about recruiting more people, that that is the, you know, that'll be the best news we could hear. Kind of to that point, I, I think you had another question about 
connecting with other other universities and branching out with them. I think there's only one student-led organization that I know about. I think they're called Slide. So um, I know there, there might be some more organizations out there. I'm not sure of. But I think through doing podcasts like this and going to ASHA that we can kind of maybe get more people who are interested in starting other chapters, whether it's our our name or another name. Um, so that would be great. And I think I want to emphasize that this UGA's MCMSD, it can look different for other universities. Our space is very, very white. So we kind of have opened up to allies. But at other universities, maybe you do have enough minority students where you can and, and you want to make it a, a completely a safe space. So there's like a many, many ways you could take this many like you can make it faculty led, student led, whatever. There's just many ways that you could do what we're doing and help people within your cohort. And I think as SLPs, you want to help people. But I think we have to kind of start with helping the students and the future SLPs first. We want anyone listening to this at home, and if you feel like this is something that, you know, speaks to you, like, do it. There's, you know, ways you can engage with your community, especially, I mean, if you're at a university, a student, or um, faculty, or a staff member, um, you know, definitely you'd be able to start a club like MCMSD at your home institution. If you're not, you know, in part of a higher education institution where you could see yourself starting a club like MCMSD. There are other ways to get involved with your community. If you're working in an, a school, go talk to your students about, um, you know, your field as a career. Um, if you have a private practice, go talk at um, career fairs um, to get connected with people. There are a lot of ways that, you know, MCMSD's mission can be seen in other places that's not just clubs. We would love to see the day that MCMSD is nationalized and it's kind of in line with ASHA. And actually, that's we've got something hopefully in the works for this summer. But, you know, if you're listening to this and this issue feels close to you, we'd love to see you grow with us. And I like, Nomi, that you included in that challenge, you said faculty, right? You know, professors, instructors, um, one thing that we're doing is navigating through the documentation that we write and the evaluations and the language we're using when it comes to gender affirming care, accent, dialect clients that, you know, that are working on those areas and just the wording that we use and, and being mindful of that. And, um, you know, every, every semester I'm changing and updating those templates and evaluations and really, you know, and, and going to trainings and, um, and anytime I see anything come across my email feed or on a website and sending it to MCMSD to support them, whether it be at our, you know, at UGA or in the community. And so I think the challenge is, oh, well, if I'm not at a university, even wherever you work, think about what you're writing, think about your documentation, your evaluations, um, the populations you serve, and think about the students. If you, if you supervise students undergrad or graduate level, even if they're coming for observation, to have conversations with them. And um, this is not my, this is not my term, but courageous conversations, right? That's something that, um, that we all need to have. And so I think that I, I like Nomi that you're, you're not only just saying this to students, but you're challenging everyone to really be thinking about this. 
Nina is so great at sending. One thing that I did have um, in my undergraduate was feeling behind and feeling like I didn't know exactly what opportunities were out there for me. So Nina does a great job of sending me things like um, scholarship opportunities, um, just lots of opportunities that I didn't know about. And so I can send that to our MCMSD members so they know, hey, you can apply for this or you qualify for this. So that is something that faculty can do a better job of is just because our um, university is such, I think our, our cohort is so white, I don't think they consider that you could send out the minority student leadership program, send out that information to the entire cohort or to specific people. Yeah, and that's really wonderful because, I mean, we're so undergraduate focused and a, a, a big fear a lot of our members have is, you know, getting into graduate school and getting into your master's or AUD program. My my ear is still buzzing from the idea of the fact that your group is influencing the way that the faculty responds to students. Uh, and that's really amazing. And that is so much of the change that is necessary. Uh, the, you know, it's a starting point for, you know, from which we really need everybody involved, but that's how we drive change, getting people in charge involved. Uh, so I really applaud you all for getting that far and for, and for you, Nina, for responding to them and making sure that they're informed. Uh, it, it, it does make a big difference. Um, we've talked about this on our podcast before, but um, the three of us, Lisa, myself and Ingrid, uh, didn't know what a speech pathologist was until we were late in college. Um, so it's not that it was a career that was really available to us. In fact, I, for myself, I actually did leveling courses um, when I was in my late twenties and that's how I ended up doing the masters at UGA. Um, I know Lisa was also uh, in her former life, just like me, a teacher. Um, so she also entered it uh, as a second career and Ingrid eventually, Ingrid, right? It was your senior year that you kind of did this pivot. Yeah, I was applying to school psych programs. So I had my grad school stuff done because I wanted to be a school psychologist. <laughs> and somebody just said, hey, you're bilingual. You should look into SLP. And I was like 10 days away from deadline. And I in Texas, they have this application program where if you pay a fee, you can apply to like 10 programs if you want to. And so I'm like, oh, I'll hit some, you know, Texas Tech, UT, Dallas, UT, Austin, Baylor. I'll hit, I'll hit the little trifecta there and see what happens. And, and that's what happened. I would be a school psych if it weren't for one person commenting SLP in my ear. So there, even among us, I think we can all agree. There's definitely a need for what your group is doing. And we are going to be super excited to connect with you all when you go to ASHA in the fall. Um, so we are going to just start getting ready to wrap up. Um, and I was hoping that someone might have a last word in mind. I don't know if anyone does. Leadership in mind. Uh, it's just very clear between the students here. It's just, it's amazing. I was thinking growth. I was thinking empower. Um, I was thinking actionable. That's a word Nomi talks about a lot. Um, I'm just still resonating with belonging. It just means so much to me. Um, 
because I did, I've been in this field for so long and I don't think any of my peers know the whole of me, like Desi and Lisa know the whole of me. And I think 10 years working with people is too long <laughs> for not, them not knowing all of the human that you are. Cause I am the only bilingual one where I'm at and I am the only Mexican American one. Um, so yeah, belonging. I think hope uh, and hope and change. So those are the things that, that the change that you guys are bringing about, um, you know, not only amongst yourselves, but uh, for the broader community, it's really inspiring. So thank you guys so much for coming. I wanted to, before we leave, uh, where can our audience find you? What is your Instagram handle? I have it written down. We're on Instagram. You can follow us at mcmsd underscore UGA. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can send us a direct message through there, or you can email us at mcmsduga, all one word, un or at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear back from you guys. All right. Well, there you go. Everybody email them. Let's get this going. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Thank you Thank so you much for, for having, having us. us. Thank you for listening and supporting the Bold SLP Collective. You can find a closed captioned version of this podcast on our YouTube channel. We will also have show notes on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you do all the podcast things. Follow, subscribe, download, and review. And don't forget, we love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram at the Bold SLP Collective. Stay bold and humble. See you next time.